Hey now, welcome and good day. Thanks for listening to another episode of Growing Your Successful Business, the free podcast about all things small business. And uh, before we get to our guest today, I'll just remind you guys listening that we are now available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, Breaker, many more. Uh, don't be afraid to share this with a friend or an associate or a family member or somebody who owns or runs a small business. And, uh, and by all means, subscribe, share, review, all the good stuff you can do on, on, on uh, podcasts through iTunes and Google Podcasts and Android and all that good stuff. Uh, also, remind you briefly here, my contact information, uh, you can find all my stuff at growingyoursuccessfulbusiness.com or brianlharding.com. Links to all the listening platforms can be found there. Um, you can also email me at brian at brianlharding.com. And uh, today we're super excited. We have an overjoyed Samantha yes. Neal. Uh, Samantha goes by Sam. She's the owner of Coastal Maintenance Solutions. You can find her at services at cmstacoma.com or coastal maintenance, uh, coastal maintenance solutions.com or 253-332-2255. Sam, welcome. Thank you. Folks listening I'm are in so for a excited. Yeah, folks <laughs> listening today are in for a treat. You, you're yeah. you're one of the people that has more energy than I could possibly <laughs> bottle up in my own uh, body. That's for sure. So I'll share. Super excited to have you on today. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. So you own Coastal Maintenance Solutions. I do. And how long have you been in business? I have been in business for a year and a half since February 9th of last year. Gotcha. All right. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. And uh, um, uh, for those listening, we didn't schedule this this way. Uh, Mark, who was on last week, uh, owned a, a facility cleaning business for 40 years and uh, has now sold that business and moved on to some other things. And you're yeah. kind of in the infancy of it. And yeah. so we got within a week, we got kind of the, the bookends here. So uh, why did you start your business? Tell us about that. Um, I started my business because I have two kids and I was a property manager. I worked like 60 hours a week on somebody else's schedule and I missed my kids. Yeah. So I started this business because I could see them at least during the day, take them to school. And I knew that I could pick them up and spend that time with them because I would make my own schedule. Right. And that's initially why I did it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're in a year and a half. What are your feelings on it now? Are you still happy you did it? Or are you starting to think, what was I thinking? Where, where are you at with that? I mean, of course, we all have our moments of what was I thinking, but I, I'm actually really thankful that I did this because, you know, I, I would say my plan for the kids, it didn't exactly work out the way I thought it would, but I've been able to do a lot of other things, you know, within myself. I've become more confident. I've been able to help people get jobs. I've right. met so many different people like you. Yeah, right. And yeah, that's so I am really it, excited that I did it. It's an interesting roller coaster, isn't it? Yeah. And then it's like you get more gold every day because you see the different things you can do. And yeah. Right, right, right. I'm super excited. Good, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. So so you mentioned uh you you one of the things you want to do is be able to provide a job for with a livable income for folks. Yeah. Tell us about that. Why is that important to you? Um, it's important to me because well, there's, this is Washington. There's a lot of people <laughs> struggling to make ends meet, and I you know, want people to be um, not just living paycheck to paycheck and figuring out how to make it happen, but right. have you know, money to actually take care of themselves. Right, right, yeah. right. And yeah. we'll talk more later on today about uh, 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 the, the pros and cons of employing people and, yeah. <laughs> and all that kind of we'll, we'll get to some more of that stuff later yeah. on. So uh, that was something that was really important to you, though, starting out, was you wanted to, to be an employer that could prov provide those kinds of jobs. That, that obviously means something to you. Yeah. Um, tell us about your business now. What, who, who's your customer now? So my customer now 
um, are mostly new builders, like post-construction. I started out doing um, house cleaning, and then we transitioned to janitorial. And now the majority, I would say 80% of my business is post-construction cleaning, new construction cleanup. Gotcha. So that's my main focus. So to be real clear for folks listening, uh, Coastal Maintenance Solutions is a, it's a janitorial cleaning company. It right? is a janitorial right. cleaning company. So yes. when you first started out, your vision was not probably to do post-construction cleanup, right? I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> right? <I didn't> <laughs> yeah, and then once I discovered it, especially the residential side, you know, the new houses going up everywhere, right. I fell in love with it. It's it's a lot of fun. So who was, your, who was your target customer when you first started? When I first started, I wanted to do, like, small office spaces. Just teeny tiny, maybe, you know, 2,500 square feet and under right. once a week, you know, at night so that I could spend the time with my kids or people could spend the time with their kids, whatever they want to do during the day. That was my ideal client. Right, right, right. <laughs> and now and now that's less than 20% of your business. Now that's less than 20%, and I feel like I run a business that is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right, right. Yeah. So <laughs> what what prompted that change? Why Why the change in focus? Um, I think it came to me. It kind of found me, the, the post-construction industry, um, and we took on one job, and then, you know, more started flowing in, and it just became something that was a lot um, easier to manage as far as people and time and, you know, clients' needs. It just fit um, what I didn't know I wanted more than the janitorial industry. Right. And so we just focused on it. And right. So it's it's interesting for almost all business owners I talk to. When you start out, you have your vision, you have your idea of what you're going to do, and then you fast forward three years and you're doing <laughs> something completely different. Right. You know that's the case for us. We we were you know we were in the plumbing industry. We were going to do only residential plumbing. We weren't going to do any construct uh, commercial plumbing at all. And uh, now eight years later, our our mix is roughly ninety three percent commercial, seven percent residential. Right. Nothing like what we had envisioned. Yeah. Uh, but we found our niche, and yeah. uh, and we found what works for us, and we found the customer base we like, and they like us, and and it's a good fit. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Once you build a relationship with the good customers, I mean, why change? Right. You right. Know? Right. Why? So how did you go about building those relationships? How did I go about building those relationships? I. Well, I started calling people. You know, I like to talk to people. Yeah. I, I like to think I'm pretty friendly. Yeah. So, you know, someone like me with my pink hair and my and my holes in my jeans show up on a construction site. and You fit right in. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, I just kept going by. You know, you bring donuts, you bring coffee, and all of a sudden you know about their kids and they know about your kids and, and they call you for everything. I mean, even on the way here, I got a call for a job tomorrow night. Nice. From, <laughs> From someone that I've worked with just a couple of times just because there's a relationship there. You right. Know? So, yeah. So, it's, it's interesting. We, 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 you, know, you, you read a number of books about sales and the sales process and all the things that go along with marketing and recruiting and, and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it still always comes back to relationships. If you, if you know the person's kids' names, it's a done deal, right? It's a done deal. And the last one of the podcasts you did, um, he had a sales book. Right. And he talked about it's just a conversation. And that's so true. When we put pressure on ourselves, like I have to do this many sales, I have to talk to this many people, then it just kind of becomes like that person is a number. And there's no way for you to put the energy into building that relationship. And they feel it. So right. if you just say, you know, maybe I want to build this many relationships, have this many conversations and let them go wherever they're going to go, the sales will happen. Right. 
Yeah. yeah, the hard part, it's like going to the gym for most folks. I mean, once you're there, once you're in the middle of the conversation, it's right. piece of cake. The hard part is getting out and getting in front of those people, right? Yeah. So when I first <laughs> met you, I don't know, what's been a year maybe or something yeah. like that, a year ago, uh, you and I spent some time talking about this, about yeah. you wanted to, you know, you if I remember right, you wanted to hire somebody to do sales. Is that because right? Because I was scared. Because you were scared. And yeah. I said, you're the absolute worst person to manage a salesperson because you've never <laughs> done this job, right? Right. And uh, uh, I've had that conversation with many folks. And uh, my advice to you, I think, was you get out there and do the sales. Yeah. You get out there and do it and see what it's all about. And then if you decide to hire a person, you're at least qualified to manage that person. Right. So what did you learn through that whole process from being too scared to go out and you wanted to hire somebody to do this icky thing you didn't want to do to now it's just a, a breeze and you're out there just shaking hands and giving away donuts and learning people's kids' names? And <laughs> what, 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 take us through that progression. How, how did that, how, how that happen for you? Well, how did it happen? I mean, you know, initially when, when you first told me to start, I would drive around and kind of sit in the parking lot, you know, <laughs> um, find anything to do besides go in there and talk to the person and, you know, but you figure out that sometimes people just want to talk too, right. and that's why you know um, I learned that the relationship is important because you know the first person sitting at the front desk they could be having a bad day, and if you're just going in there just to say hi, just to show them who you are and get to know who they are, you don't have to tell them exactly what you're there for initially. You just keep coming. Right. So what I learned was you know it's the first time is not the time to try to right. make the sale. Right. That was what I learned. Right. Was, you know, just build the relationship. Yeah. And that's how the transition happened. Now I can go in anywhere and talk to anybody. Because so so when you go in now, somewhere the first time, you know now you're not trying to close a deal then. Right. You you have only a couple options that are really viable options at that point. Either you, you're just introducing yourself and, hey, by the way, I'll be stopping by from now on. Yeah. Uh, you may not say that, but just let them know that you exist and your company exists and here's what we do and things like that. Um, you're either prepping them for a follow-up for you to come again, or if they're really interested, you can get them to commit to meeting with you. And at that time, right you can away. do your presentation. Yeah. But many folks who do cold calls fall in this trap of, I'm going to go knock on the door, and I'm going to close the deal. That, and I'm not leaving until I close the deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm say it's, it's probably not going to work. But what you know, what does work is just listening to them what what do they need because they may not need your services right then but when they do right they will call you right because they know what you do or they'll happen to ask what do you do anyways why do you keep stopping yeah, why do you keep stopping by? why do you keep stopping what do you want <laughs> you know and you tell them what you do and they're like oh my gosh my friend needs whatever whatever and right and, and that's then, a done deal right and then you're off to the races yeah right that's it. so what how did you so i'm after in my career over over time um helping many folks hit this wall and i yeah. we call it the wall yeah. uh and you know my partner eric he him yeah. he has he has great stories about when he first got into sales and i was his boss um <laughs> and walking him through the wall so you're sitting in the parking lot in the car you're afraid to go in what did you tell yourself to finally get yourself to open the door and walk in there um i did the five four three two one countdown yeah <laughs> and i just got out and did it i just five four three two one I went in, and a couple of times I fumbled. You know, I just some there was a few times I just handed him my card and basically walked out, out. You yeah. know, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, I kept five, four, three, two, one, go, five, right. four, three, two, one, go, and that's how I broke down the wall. And then you yeah. know, after messing up so many times, there you just go back, and they're like, "Why'd you drop off that card?" And yeah, you tell them. And yeah, yeah, so just the five, four, three, two, one. And I think it's one of those things uh, uh, that. This is an area where it's okay to be 100% transparent. Yeah. 
and just say, you know what? I'm not very good at this. Yeah. I'm new at this. <laughs> I just started my business. I'm not comfortable just walking up to people randomly and, and introducing myself. But this is something that's important that I know I got to do. And uh, so I'm sorry if I'm not polished. I'm sorry if I'm not coming across like other people that come knocking on your right. door. But you know what? I'm 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 trying. And I think people will just really it's respect genuine. the fact that you try and yeah. you're genuine and you're being honest. I, I think you can really get some mileage out of that and and just get people to understand this is what's going on. Yeah, I'm not I'm not the the A1 salesperson yeah. that just left your office 30 minutes ago, but you know what? I'm out here trying. Yeah. And I think people respect that. Yeah, they do. And they know you care. Yeah. And yeah. I think the other thing I told you when we met a year ago or so was I said uh go to places where if they don't if you s- really screw it up, it's okay, right? I yeah. think I told you to go like and out- I did. outlying areas, right? Like <laughs> I said, so if your target if your target customer is in downtown Seattle, yeah. don't start in downtown Seattle. Right. Start somewhere in an outlying area where if you don't get the business, it's okay. But you're 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 getting reps. You're yeah. getting you're getting practice time, right? Yeah, I was gonna say it's like sports. You have to keep going. Yeah. Keep shooting the shot, shooting the shot, shooting the shot, and you right. do it with your eyes closed. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And now look at you. Now you're now you're now you're uh, now and you're everybody's trying to pass you the ball. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so another thing you mentioned is you've now got a, a bid system and a follow-up system that really works for CMS. So take us through that whole system. What's that, what's that look like for folks listening? So once we build the relationship and, you know, we get the call, um, we bid, for instance, if it's construction sites, bid off the square footage, we get that information. We send them the bid, even if it's just kind of a cold lead, but we call, you know, we'll send the, send the email with our proposal because it was a cold lead and, um, then we'll call and see you know who we need to talk to sometimes you get through and sometimes you don't right so then you send another email with your proposal yeah and then we call again and if they're local then then i'll show up right you know and just see or you know i'll go onto the site and see because our big thing is if you if you keep touching them if you keep going then eventually they will give in so that's what has worked for us is the Email call, email call, show up, right. send another email saying, you know, it was so nice to talk to you, even yeah. if you just handed them their card, because they're going to say, why is this person so persistent? What is right. what is going on? And then um, once you get on the site, you just do spectacular work and and you blow them away and then they love it. Yeah, that's absolutely. what's really worked for us. I right. mean, it sounds kind of simple, but that's sure. Well, that's I mean, th- I don't think anybody has an argument, like at least a compelling argument I've heard that. Success is a complicated matrix of algorithms. Yeah. It's it's really come down. It's, there's a few fundamentals. One is relationships. Uh, persistence is certainly one. <laughs> uh, doing a good job is certainly yeah. one. I think if you can if you hammer those three and you nail those three, uh, you know you you get a pretty good chance of being successful, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you have confidence, right? Yeah, because they don't know you. Yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't know that you just started, right? Yeah, they don't know. Yeah, right. You know, they don't know how yeah. many jobs you've done. But if you're confident, they might think you've been doing it for thirty years. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so, um, one of one of the things we like to do on here is take folks through, take the audience through somebody who's been in business for a while. Yeah. And what are some of the things that haven't gone so well for you? So. So you got a few wins under your belt. You're only a year and a half in, so that's pretty good to have a, f- a few wins like that. Congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you're still in business, which you know, up, up, yeah. you know, they, they say if you make it two years, you got a pretty good shot. So okay. you're, you're only six Almost months away there. from there. Yeah. But, but I'll tell you now, as soon as you hit two years in one day, they're gonna say, "Oh, well, really, it's really when you hit five years. That's when you know you've done it." And then when oh you hit five man. years, at five <laughs> years in a day, they say, "Well, ten years is really when you know you're gonna." So it's a moving target. So <laughs> don't listen to those folks. They're always gonna be telling you there's a chance you're not gonna make it. Um, so. Some of the things you've learned along the way, uh, one of the things you mentioned uh, to me before was uh, not reading contracts. G- give us an example of how not reading contracts hurt you. 
Oh man, how did it hurt me? So um, in the construction industry, contracts can be pretty intense. I mean, a lot of times they have lawyers who review these things yeah. and all of that. And when you're first starting out, when I was first starting out, I didn't have money for a lawyer. So, right. you know, I'm like, well, I mean, it's a master contract. If everyone else is signing it, then it's cool. And you sign it. And then all of a sudden you're waiting for payment, waiting for payment. Um, and you call them, hey, when's the payment? Well, we don't pay you until, you know, everybody else is paid. That's what you signed in the contract. Right. And then you get the payment and they've held 20%. And you're like, well, why'd you hold 20%? Because we have to make sure that everything else is approved by. And, and so that has kind of, you know, gotten me because, well, having payroll and I didn't read and my employees don't want to hear yeah. that I didn't read the contract. Yeah. So, you know, and I, and I had to figure that out. And so that kind of bit me, but it also taught me, you know, right. that that you just have to pay attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, con yeah. contracts is one of those things that uh, it always sounds expensive to hire a lawyer for 500 bucks an hour or whatever yeah. lawyers are going for now. Um, but if it holds up a $20,000 payment, that yeah. 500 bucks would have been a pretty good spend. Yeah, yeah, it would have <laughs> been a great, <laughs> a fantastic spend, actually, because yeah. sometimes, I mean, you know, and there have been situations where I've had to spend it anyways. Right. Because you have to send letters and you have to, you know, threaten liens and all those things. And th nobody wants to do that. Right. You know, you just want to have peace and joy and get it all done. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> wants to just feel good and get paid, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, make make the investment first. That's, that's right. really what I learned. And right, read. Right. If you can't read, Google something. Yeah. <laughs> do yeah. something. Don't just sign it and be excited that you got the job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and contracts is, you know, uh, um, one of those things that, there's certain parts, there's certain companies and certain contracts that they're just like, hey, this is the way it is. Like when you buy a yeah. house, you know, if you don't like the contract when you buy a house, okay, don't buy the house. That's, that's kind of your option, right? Right, right. Um, when you're negotiating a contract, though, with a, a customer and they have a contract, things are negotiable. You know, you can yeah. read through there and say, well, it says I'm going to get paid 90 days after you get paid. Well, that's not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. And then we'll make changes, you know. And, oh, yeah. And so understanding what your needs are, understanding what the contract says, and you know, having the ability to present that to them and say, this is what I need. Right. Um, and then they may say no. And you might be thankful that they say no, because if it means you don't get paid for six months or you only get paid 80, 80% after six months, <laughs> you get the other 20% after a year and a yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> um, that doesn't work for a lot of companies. And, right. and I think people understand that. Um, and one of the things that you, you have mentioned several times to me is, is your, the, the labor, what I call the labor cycle. Yeah. So, um, you start out, you have a trouble with quality control, right? Yeah. Okay, so tell us about that. What's that look like when, you have a tr when you're having problems with uh, quality control? So when I've had problems with quality control, the main thing was that I was out doing the labor, doing the sales, sending invoices, you know, uh, managing the employees and thinking that I could just trust them to do their job. And so I wasn't going back and checking with them, which results in my customers complaining, which results in me doing the labor. And then, you know, eventually probably having to fire the employee but now i have five accounts complaining right that i'm going and i'm trying to do labor and hire people because i had to fire that person right so, so um, let's so let's back up so so you you're you're stretched thin on time yep you're trying to do the sales you're trying to do the invoicing you're trying to read contracts now you're trying to do all this stuff yeah. that has nothing to do with cleaning exactly and so you have to and who trust knew that when you started. The right. Business. Right. Yeah. So who knew that the actual thing that you started the business to do would be you something you don't do. do right. Yeah. Um, so you, you have you have all this stuff that takes your time and all this stuff that takes your attention away from yeah. the actual task, the actual widget that you sell in your right. case cleaning. And so you put people out there and you trust that they're going to do the right thing. 
and then they embarrass they embarrass you and they disappoint you, right? Yeah. Because who knows why? There's a million reasons why. They yeah. don't care. They weren't. They don't understand. Uh, it's good enough for them, so it should mm-hmm. be good enough for everybody else in the world. Um, and then you kind of shift gears as the business owner, and you say, "Well, I can't trust anybody to do anything anymore. I just got to <laughs> do it all myself." And yeah. so I'm going to be out on every job site. I'm going to make sure it's all up to my standards before I before it's I sign off on this thing, right? Yeah. That sounds familiar at all. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, now you're caught up in the labor side of the yeah. business, and you're doing the tasks, and you're not improving, you're not growing, and uh, uh, then you decide to commit the time to do that. But along the way, you're, you've, you've taken all this time that you, you should have been spending on improving and, right. and uh, growing your business, and you're doing the tasks, uh, so your business is stagnant. Uh, then you get tired of doing that, right? Yep. And, and so you now say, you now I sales. need to go back and do sales, <laughs> and I need to go fix my accounting. I need, yeah. I, I need to learn how this contract stuff works. And now you need these employees to do the job, and so now you're stuck with these employees longer than you want to be because – you have to have the employees yeah, do the job to get the labor done. But sometimes they're out there embarrassing you. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to go behind them anyway. Right. Yeah. So if you only had 38 hours in a day, you'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> and six Red Bulls. Yeah. And six Red Bulls, right. <laughs> so how, how, how have you coped with all that? So that's that's kind of the cycle. Yeah. You, 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 they embarrass you. They, they do things you don't like. You go out there and try to fix it. Now you're stuck fixing it. Then you realize you're, you know, after weeks of that, you realize you're you're hurting yourself by doing that, and then you bounce the other way, and now you're counting on them, and you and you keep them too long, and and you don't move along to somebody else who might so do a better job. <laughs> so I pretty much cope with that um, by the advice you gave me about letting go, because you know I I'm a little bit of a control freak. A little bit, yeah. 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 <laughs> a little this bubbly bit. personality that <laughs> it hides it for for people right. who don't know you very well, but right. uh, about I want to know all in, the details. Yeah. <laughs> People can figure it out pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So a little bit of a control freak. So letting go when I I had to get someone who knew the industry. So I had to get what you told me is get it basically hire a supervisor. So it cost a little bit more in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I had to make sure that I knew my finances. I had to make sure that I knew, you know, the budget and I could make sure they were happy. But what what I have learned and how that's benefited me is they know the industry. They know, you know, the work, the labor part of the industry, the work that needs to be done. And so when I check behind them, it's a little easier to hold them more accountable. But it's also easier to trust someone who has a resume of, you know, 15 years right. cleaning than someone who doesn't, right. <laughs> you know. And so you check behind them, it's easier to hold them accountable. And they also can help train other people, which takes some of the load off of you as long as you're paying them their worth and treating them you know, how they deserve to be treated, giving them something they can't get at more of a, um, what do they call like a corporation or, you know, one of those big companies. So right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So you found somebody who could be a supervisor and kind of run things in the field while yeah. you were doing everything else. Exactly, exactly. Right. And then all I have to do is go check behind one person because even though they are managing employees, they're in charge of those employees. So I'm going to check behind them. And if I have any questions, I ask them and, we right. get a result. Right. And so it was an investment, like you told me it would be. Yep. But it, you know, it helped. And it helped me be able to grow the sales and actually make more money. Sure. Yeah. So uh, the reason I kind of hit this a couple times is for folks listening, I think there's tons of people who started a business who who, who are selling their widget, whether it's mm-hmm. product or service or whatever, and they find themselves in the exact same position where we need to increase sales, we need more customers, I'm going to hire somebody to do that. And I always tell people that that's the worst thing you could possibly yeah. do. 
hire somebody to to manage the widget, yeah. the product or service, yeah. and you go out and do the sales right. at least in the beginning. And for us in our business, um, you know, one of the things that that was key for us to grow as rapidly as we did is there was three of us, and then mm-hmm. people have all kinds of opinions about partnerships and whether that's a good idea, not a good idea, blah blah blah. But the fact of the matter is. Um, we were a- because there was three of us, we were able to break up those tasks. And we had folks who ran the, f- the, s- the product, the, the plumbing we do out in the field. Mm-hmm. And we had a person who did sales and accounting and all the other stuff that had nothing to do with plumbing. And had we not had that, there's no way, not any one of us could have done this on our own. There's no question. Right. So it's, if you don't have that, it's critical to go find that person. And you have to fight your instinct to find a salesperson. You need to find a person to run the product, and you go be the salesperson again, at least to start. Right Later on, say, you might I change your mind. That's where that's where, and you had helped me with that because I was thinking, and we touched on it earlier. So I was thinking, well, I'm going to clean, and someone else can sell. And then once once I started to get the sales, I'm like, okay, I can't clean and sell anymore. I'm going to hire someone to clean. And, you know, like you said, it's that balance. So, right. yeah, it's just good to make the investment so so in you, someone so you, who knows. Yeah, so you <laughs> found somebody who knows and has yeah. kind of helped you out of this. Now you're able to focus on what you need to focus on, which is growing and improving your business. And you've got that part pretty well stabilized then. Is that right? Yep. Good, good, good. Yeah. Uh, something else you mentioned, uh, you didn't have a CPA from the beginning. What? Oh. What? <laughs> what um, <laughs> tell us about that. Tell us about the joys of that. The joys, oh my goodness, the joys, like tax season, you know, everyone's so excited and I'm like, what's the big deal? Right. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the joy is um, not having a CPA is having to spend hours going back through receipts, having to explain to the new CPA everything that I think I've done, but I don't really know. Um, and just being able to fix it because in order for my company or anyone's company to grow, you have to know where your finances are and anticipate what you're going to be paying out, not just in taxes, but to employees. And you can't anticipate that without a CPA. Therefore, you can't grow. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, you can, but if it crashes, it's probably going to crash pretty hard. Yeah. 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 And I think that's one of the reasons why the the two-year rule, 80% of companies fail in the first two years. I think think that's a big piece of it is um, you, you have this money coming in, you have this money going out, this tax thing is this this thing you hear about, and you're like, okay, yeah, I should probably deal with that later on. But it's job. always something later on. Yeah. Meanwhile, you got payroll due today. You got to buy supplies today. Yeah. The tax the tax person doesn't come to collect weekly or monthly. They come once a year. Yeah. Uh, or quarterly sometimes, uh, or monthly sometimes. You know, after after you've grown mm-hmm. and you and you you know, you you you're putting more dollars into the coffers, um, but folks defer this tax thing a long time. Yeah, and uh, then all of a sudden they wake up and they owe the IRS a hundred thousand dollars, and they're like, "Oh, uh, well, I don't have a hundred thousand dollars." Right, and the IRS doesn't care. Nope, <laughs> they just come they take your it. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or even you know, the, even things with taxes. Like I'm, I'm almost done with getting the um, WMB certification, the woman-owned business certification. Mm-hmm. But they want to see that stuff, right? You know, and and saying, "Oh, I didn't do it because I was busy." They don't care. Right. (laughs) And so having a CPA, which is another thing of letting go, thinking that, you know, I could just do it in QuickBooks and, you know, I want to know about my money. I want to know where it's at. So that was another thing in letting go. But um, that's it's already done. There's someone else to hold accountable. Right. Someone else that you're paying and somebody who went to school for that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. There's there's a handful of things that uh, you have to just accept your limitations. Yeah. Accounting is one. Taxes yeah. are one. They're <laughs> they're kind of sort of related, but they're also kind of exclusive to you know. They're not they're not exactly the same thing. Legal is one. Yeah. 
Um, there's a handful of things you've got to just say, I'm not qualified to do this. I'm not going to go to school for 10 years to be a lawyer. I'm going to pay somebody 500 bucks an hour yeah. to take care of this. Same thing with accounting, CPAs, taxes, all that stuff. I'm going to hire a professional. You tell me what to do, and I'll make sure it gets done. Right. And that's a lot easier than trying to figure it out on your own and being wrong. Yeah, I'm saying being <laughs> wrong. And then now you still have to pay out. <laughs> yeah. Because you have to fix it. And if the business goes out of business, you still have to pay it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you still have all yeah. that. So you mentioned letting go a couple times. Um, and this is one of the, 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 the balances for people, especially in the beginning, but it really never goes away. There's the balance of having confidence in yourself and your decision-making abilities and your vision and all that kind of stuff and letting go. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the balance of you've got, you know, a hundred people in your ear telling you how to do things, <laughs> 99 of which had no idea what they're talking it. about. <laughs> and then you've also got the part of you that really wants to ask for help. Yeah. But you're afraid to ask for help because you don't want people to know that you don't know what the hell you're doing. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got all that kind of mixture going around in your mind all the time. Take it, take us through that. How does that work for you? How how does it work? Or um, how how does it work if it's better now than it was? How is it better now? And, <laughs> and wh- what was your experience with that? I mean, you've got... You've got your control freak. Yeah. You want to be in charge. You have to let go, but you have to also remain autonomous and make decisions. What's the balance for you? How do you know you're doing the right thing? Um, now, how I know is, well, I've, I've started to listen to my instincts a little bit more on who to ask for help and, and who to listen to. Um, but in the beginning, it's really hard because, well, you don't know, and no one that around me had a business, but they all had an opinion on the business. Right. And I'm like, well, they've helped me, you know, with other things in my life as far as, you know, kids working a job, balancing a schedule. Why not here? Right. And then, you know, once it, it crashes and burns, you're looking at them like, what were you talking about? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And they're like, oh, sorry, I was guessing. And you're like, yeah, this isn't a good thing. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a good thing to guess on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I really had to learn to, um, if, if you haven't done it, you know, kindly, thank you for your opinion. Um, and then on the inside, though, the self-work is if I know someone has done it, let them know where I'm at and, mm-hmm. you know, will you help me? And most of the time people will. They want to help. Right. You know, someone who's experienced it, they probably had to bump their head and they don't want you to bump your head. Right. And so I had to really. Um, That's okay. It's I a microphone. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I had to you know, shed that, that skin or whatever that break that wall down of, um, nobody wants to help or they're going to think, you know, bad about me because I don't know what I'm doing, but it's all a journey and an experience. And I had to have that positive self-talk, you know, do some affirmations and, (laughs) and get out there and start asking people and also start listening to the people who knew, right. You know, um, to, you know, to actually get things done and not so much focus on the people who maybe um, have their heart in the right place, but don't know. Right. You know, to so that you don't hurt their feelings. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Sure. You just focus on the people who knew, who know, and have been there, and you do that. Right. Yeah. So that's that's well, positive self talk to answer your question. Sure. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. So you so you're talking yourself up all the time, and you're yeah. so and you're being more selective now who you're listening to. So. Yeah. So definitely, you don't want to take advice from somebody who's got a smaller company than you in most cases, unless yeah. they've got a new company that's small and they had a big company that is doing what you're doing. Right. You you want to talk to somebody who's at least a couple years down the road from you and 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 getting advice. Yeah. Now, if you have somebody who's been in business 18 months like you have and you guys do kind of sort of the same thing and you get to there and brainstorm some ideas, that's okay. That's yeah. still productive, but not taking advice from somebody who doesn't know. Right. And politely telling them thank you for your opinion. 
the yeah. end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you for your opinion. And you just, you know, maybe change the subject. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's hard because, uh, you know, again, we're, we're torn in this this constant being pulled in different directions of I don't know. All I can do is trust my gut. I don't know. I need help. I don't want to ask for help. And uh, like you said, if you ask people for help, I think by and large people are pretty generous. And sometimes you have to pay for help. Sometimes you, yeah, have, to, sometimes. you have to pay for a mentor and a coach. And you have to and you have to buy programs yeah. to, to to learn some stuff. And, that, and those aren't necessarily bad investments. That's those okay. are sometimes yeah, good, good investments. Good. Yeah. yeah, it's good. And, and sometimes asking people for help, you know, even though it may be intimidating. Right. You know, asking. What, what's intimidating about for you? Why, why is it intimidating to ask for help? Well, you know, so, for example, like our relationship. So I just started. Um, you know, when we had met, maybe I think I had my business six months. Right. I was trying to figure out how to be profitable. And you're like, oh, just come talk to me. And I'm like, what? And I show up and it's this like, you know, building and there's trucks everywhere and <laughs> employees everywhere. And I'm walking in and, and I'm like, um, I'm here to talk to Brian. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's like and you think, well, what if people are looking at me like, why is she here? What does she do? And then right. you get in there and. Like, I want to say the right thing, but I don't really know what to say. I don't even know how to ask the question that I want to ask, you know. Right. And so it's intimidating because of mostly the self-talk, you know. Yeah. Like, what this person, maybe they haven't been where I'm at, and I don't want to be completely honest, but what I've learned is being transparent is the best. Right. And they'll help you. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that uh, if it, it, it would take a pretty cold-hearted person <laughs> to have somebody come to your door and say, I really just need some help here, and I don't know the first damn thing about what I'm doing. Yeah. For them to say... Yeah, it sucks to be you. <laughs> I, I, it would it would it would take somebody pretty pretty cold hearted yep, to pull yeah, that off. I yeah. think uh, I think by and large, folks are are interested in helping other people. And oh yeah, and a person who's gone through and you'll have this experience when you go through something that costs you tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, you don't want that on. You don't want to wish it on anybody. Right. You you wouldn't want that for anybody. Anybody who's out there hustling and trying and is trying to do the right thing and is is persistent and all the things we talked about earlier. Anybody who's bringing that game. Nobody wants to see them fail. Yeah, everyone wants to see that person succeed. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, now if you have somebody who's you know showing up and saying, "Well, this is a bunch of crap," I, I open my business and I don't need customers. And you say, "Well, what have you get? What, what have you, you what have you done to get customers?" Yeah. Well, I'm waiting for them to come in. Well, that person you're probably not going to help so much, yeah. right? Yeah. But you get somebody out there who's really hustling. I I, I think folks want to see that person. Do yeah, well. absolutely. Go get her mentality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so um, we're gonna flip things around a little bit here. We don't okay. normally do this, but uh, you have the ability now for the next <laughs> 10 minutes or so to ask me any questions you want to ask. So instead of me interviewing you, you ask me whatever you want. Okay, great. I would like to know, um, how did you transition? So you, you have three, two partners. We have, uh, there's four of us now. Oh yeah. We started yeah. with three. Yeah. So there's myself, Eric, Randy, and Tammy. Tammy. Tammy came on as a partner this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Tammy. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you transition from, from ground level to general manager? Like how did you transition from, door-to-door sales to you know like what what did it take to get to general manager um well i was a general manager before that uh-huh. we started our company so i wasn't it wasn't like foreign to me to do that job okay. I, I had done it before uh and it was just about where we were in the company so when we first started out the idea was i was going to do the accounting and the invoicing and the insurance and the legal and all that kind of stuff that i knew and eric and randy were going to do the, the stuff in the field mm-hmm. which they knew um so I'm not I'm not w- as well versed certainly as they are. They're fantastic uh, tradespeople. I I know enough to get by. Mm-hmm. Um, so the notion was never for me to be the person out in the field. Uh, now certainly there was times where we would have big projects and things like that, and it, it was you know a two person job. Then yeah. I would have to go out and help and things like that. And um, 
but as so we would do sale you know we did the door-to-door sales that you've talked about so um, for those of you who don't know when we first started out again we were only going to do residential work we weren't going to do any commercial <laughs> we light up the phones the yeah. phones don't ring big shock like everybody goes through <laughs> and we panic and we begin doing door-to-door sales yep. and we did that for a couple of years when i say door-to-door sales we weren't selling vacuums we were still selling our product mm-hmm. but we went out literally would park on the street and, and hit every it. single business yeah. on that street and um, we did that for a few years and, um, what changed was as we, as our business grew, um, different things became priorities. So, uh, you know, when you, when you have employees, HR becomes a priority, safety becomes a yeah. priority, legal becomes a okay. priority. All these things become a priority. And again, there's a handful of things <clears throat> like in your stage right now, sales is probably one of the biggest functions that you have in your company, yeah. <laughs> not just for you, but your company, the biggest yeah. challenge, biggest stake you have is in sales well that needs to be your job then okay and as you grow the owner's job needs to be to take on whatever is going to lead to the most success has the biggest role or has the biggest liability Mm -hmm. so hr is one of those things that if you mess it up it could cost you three hundred thousand dollars you know it could cost you a lot of money yeah um that's not a big deal when you have three employees because the likelihood that that's going to happen is pretty small <laughs> right when you have 50 employees or 100 employees well those those risks go up exponentially so oh, yeah. the person who is in charge of everybody's well-being has to take on those tasks um so you don't have a choice um uh, you know when you have mm-hmm. 10 employees versus 35 employees your priorities have to be different okay you have to be able to find somebody to go do the thing sales like in your example we talked about uh once you've done that for a while now you can manage somebody who, who can do sales you can hire somebody to go do sales because you know what it's supposed to look like you know what your vision of that is you can you can mentor train hold somebody accountable to do that task you need to be taking on then the things that are are the bigger projects now so priorities priorities priorities, priorities. priorities. absolutely yeah. okay all right and the, and and the owner doesn't have the the flexibility or ability to say i don't want to deal with this tough stuff i'm going to hire somebody for that because uh-huh. The tough stuff is what can put you out of business. Okay. So if you have no sales right now, that's going to put you out of business. Oh, that yeah. has to be your job. <laughs> when right. you have 50 employees, if you if you screw up something with insurance or legal or HR or those kind of things, it'll just put you out of business. So that has to be your job. Okay. Sales. Got it. Priorities. Right. Got it. Right. <laughs> okay. Whatever, so the, whatever the least fun thing to do is, that's what your job is. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So why do, why do you call yourself a general manager instead of the owner? Uh, there's a few, re- one of the there's a few reasons. So again, again, if people ask, I don't hide it. Um, and I'm very proud to be an owner. Of the yeah. We, I'm really proud of what we build. It's, it's a, it's a great place. We have fantastic employees, fantastic customers. I don't call myself the owner, like on my business card or my email signature and things like that for a couple of reasons. Um, the most important reason to me is, um, well, there's, there's a few reasons. I, and there's a couple there, I guess I'd be tied for the most important thing. Um, in the beginning, especially, if you say you're the owner of the company, people are going to temper their explaining to you how well your company is doing because they don't want to hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. No, and I always use the example, nobody wants to say you have an ugly baby. Okay? <laughs> but your business is your baby. <laughs> right. But if you have a child, like I was born, I was 12, I was over 12 pounds. I had all kinds of scars in my <laughs> head and stuff like that, right? I was not a very attractive <laughs> baby, <know>. right? <laughs> but nobody's going to tell my mom that she had an ugly baby, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's just the way it is. But if yeah. you're the nanny... They'll say, oof, that's <laughs> poor kid. Yeah. You could have a rough go, right? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it's just you're going to get a different uh, level of honesty. Okay. 
based upon whatever title you assign yourself. So if you want to be called the owner, that's fine. But just understand your customers are not going to be nearly as honest with you in some cases as they will if you're just the manager. So, uh, and again, I mean, people we do business with know I'm one of the owners. And, right. hide, and, they're, <laughs> and they're certainly very honest with me when we do things wrong and when we do things well. Um, yeah. But there's certain situations where that's not going to apply. Folks are going to temper what they tell you because they don't want to hurt your feelings. And I don't want that. I want people yeah. to be honest with me. If we're screwing something up, I want to know. I want to yeah. fix it. Okay. So I remove those obstacles where they're going to temper that. Uh, that's one of the reasons. Um, the other reasons, quite frankly, in the beginning, and Randy pointed this out when we first started, he didn't want to be called the owner because he didn't want people working him for a deal. Oh, yeah. Our price okay. is our price. And yeah. if you can say, well, this is the price. I'm just one of the managers. Mm-hmm. They're not going to say, well, come on, you can cut me a deal. If you're the owner, mm-hmm. they're going to say, oh, come on, man. Help me out here. You can, you're the owner. You can, you can, this is what you pay, everybody else pays, but this is when you're going to charge me because you're the owner and we're friends, right? So <laughs> cut me a deal here, right? Right. So there's that angle, especially when you're starting out, that yeah. you're going to have people make requests for you that they wouldn't make to anybody else because you are the owner. Right. Uh, and then the final thing is um, I, don't, I don't like having uh, a hierarchy in our company where the owners are extra, extra special. Mm-hmm. We're all there trying to do a good job. Yeah. And so I, for me personally, this may not apply to a lot of folks, I would much rather call them, meet them call me the general manager because that implies to me more of a team atmosphere rather than an owner and employee where owner has one goal, employees have a different goal. I want us all to have the same goal. I want us all moving in the same direction. Yeah. Um, so that's much more of an altruistic kind of an answer, I guess. But uh uh, that's kind of my philosophy on that. Oh, okay, that's cool stuff. Okay, do I get one more question? Yeah, yeah at least one more. Go ahead. Okay, I have one more question. All right. Okay, how did you, from the beginning, because you know you're ripping and running and you're mm-hmm. trying to get the sales, trying to get the sales, and now you're at a place where um, you have employees and you have um, people to help out and all of those type of things. So when you're working, how are you mentally working? And when you're off, how are you mentally off? Like how did that transition happen to where you're not working all of the time? Or <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to find somebody more advanced than me to answer that question, probably, because uh, my wife can tell you I have plenty of nights where I'm up until one, two o'clock in the morning Still. trying to sleep and not being able to. Um, I have to, um, I have to take specific blocks of time and go places where my phone doesn't work. Okay. So our business is twenty four seven. We're a twenty four seven emergency service company. That's what we do. So. Um, if I go to a movie theater on Sunday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I might have to leave the movie to go answer my phone. Right. Um, that's mm-hmm. just the nature of our business. Now, not yeah. everybody has that. Some folks are Monday through Friday 8 to 5, and that's just how their business works. Um, as far as shutting the brain off at night, if that's what you're asking mm-hmm. about, um, that's still a challenge for me. I, 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 I still have numerous sleepless nights uh, in a month uh, and sometimes in a week. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, I went through a spell where I just could not stop thinking about things at two o'clock in the morning yeah. and, and I was taking sleeping pills and that didn't work. And I was just extra groggy <laughs> in the morning and I, you know, my wife gets up at three thirty, and I would fall asleep at two thirty, and my alarm would go off at five thirty or whatever. And, oh my goodness. And, I, and meanwhile, I took a sleeping pill and I'm just dog tired, you know, yeah. and drinking coffee as fast as I can. So, uh, I don't think that there's, I don't have an, I don't have an answer for that. Okay. Um, again, our business is 24 seven, so it's a little, I, I always have to have my phone with me. I, yeah. So I pick blocks of time. I enjoy going on a cruise, for instance, and not buying the Wi-Fi package because I can say mm-hmm. my phone's not going to work. Yeah. I'm not going to be available. Yeah. Um, and uh, I enjoy going to a, a place up by Lake Cushman. We have a cabin up there where there's no cell service up there. 
and I like making a big pronouncement on Friday. I'm not going to be available <laughs> this weekend, and I'm going to go up there, and I'm going to yeah. try my ass off to not think about work. Um, so I, I can't, I so can't it has say to be it. intentional. I do have to do it intentionally yeah. for me. I have to say I'm going to commit this time. And so, like a couple weekends ago, my wife and I went up. We took a boat up to uh, uh, out on the Sound for a couple days. Yeah. We stayed the night in Paul's boat for a night. We stayed the night in Port Ludlow, and I was driving this boat in the ocean. And that took all of my attention. I mean, you're, you're, there's ferries coming and there's freight, tra- you know, freight <laughs> boats coming. There's yeah, these big yeah. ships and stuff. You got to kind of be paying attention to what's going on there so you yeah. don't sink, you know. Um, and I just I, I found myself, even though I was tired from having to focus on that, I was really refreshed in that I wasn't thinking about work all weekend, which is normally kind of how I do it. So right. um, I would say find something that takes detailed attention. Mm-hmm. So you're, you have to think about that and not work. And then for me, I block out Turn periods of times where I just say, I'm not going to be available. And again, that's the benefit of having three or four of us Yeah, is I can say, I'm not available this weekend. You three got it. They can <laughs> say they're not available that weekend, and I'm one of the three that got yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and it all kind of works out. Oh, okay. Cool. Those are my questions. That's it? All right. That's it. Well, those are pretty simple. I'm glad, I'm glad that I was able to answer those. It wasn't a super complicated accounting calculation type of question or something <laughs> like that. I would have no. I would have blown that one for sure. Uh, hey, uh, guys listening, uh, again, Sam Neal here, owner of Coastal Maintenance Solutions. Uh, you can reach them at services at cmstacoma.com or coastalmaintenancesolutions.com or 253-332-2255. Sam, thanks a lot for coming on. You're a lot of fun. Thank I you. Hope, uh, yeah. This was so fun. Yeah, this yeah. was great. Good for you. I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad yeah. you came on. Um, and uh, for those of you listening, again, you can reach me at brian at brianlharding.com or go to brianlharding.com or growingyoursuccessfulbusiness.com. Uh, next week, we're going to have on Kenneth Bath, um, and he's going to come on and discuss what he calls his radical ideas on employee engagement and retention. And next week's going to be a lot of fun. Kenneth, you know, we talked about people don't want to tell you you have an ugly baby. Kenneth was the first person to ever tell me that this podcast was boring. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, I'm really excited to have Kenneth on. And, he and, has uh, to watch my episode. Yeah, exactly. You're right. That <laughs> totally changed his mind. So uh, we'll have him on next week, and he'll see if he can teach me how to be more entertaining. He's yeah. a lot of fun. And he does have some radical ideas, but I think it's something we can all learn from. Yeah. Uh, that's all for today, guys. Thanks again for listening. Thank you Thank again, you. Sam, for coming on. It was a lot of fun having you here. And we'll talk to you all next week. Oh, thank you.